during the middle of that first drive, once we just kind of started moving the ball consistently, um, it was kind of whenever I felt felt comfortable and um, just felt like I was ready to go. So it was uh, probably something that wrong. Stidham rolling out to the right, towards the end zone, the Waller makes the grab with the two, touchdown Raiders! Jared Stidham's first drive as a starter, and it winds up in the end zone. Waller fakes motion to the right, now back to the left. Shotgun snap to Stidham. Lobs near corner for Adams. Makes the grab in the corner. Touchdown Raiders! Stidham, seven-step drop. Eyeing far side for Devontae Adams. It's a duck, and it's picked off by the Niners. It's off the foot. It is up, and it is through. And the Raiders are eliminated from the playoffs with a 37-34 loss to the Niners in overtime. This is Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Live from the underground lounge at the Oyo Hotel and Casino, here's your boy Q. And here we are kicking off hour number three of the show. And, yes, the Rose Bowl is tied up at 14. Thank you, Mama Q, who sent me a text message letting me know that it was. And that's Penn State and Utah going at it right now, 14-14. They just kicked off the third quarter. Uh, also, my man Fabian chimed in to let me know that it was 14-14. So I appreciate everyone uh, giving me an update on the score. And, of course, now that everyone's told me the score, I look at the screen. And the score is right there on the screen. But uh, here we are, Raider Nation Radio 920 on SA Roughness. Again, Demon Cotton in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. I'm here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. Vegas Jess is here, so you know, you know it's going to be some mess now with Vegas Jess in the building. So uh, having a lot of folks here, all you got to do is come on by, say what's up, get hooked up with some drink specials, food specials, and watch the entertaining games on the screen. And, you know, listen to those highlights right there. Jason Horowitz on the call. And listening to Darren Waller with that touchdown reception on the first drive, man, I was really impressed with what I saw from that first drive. Seeing Stidham roll out on the first play and, and be able to, you know, make a comfortable throw and just get that. It's almost like hitting a free throw, seeing the ball go through the hoop once, all of a sudden having that confidence like, yeah, this, is not, this moment's not too big for me. Kind of settled him down. I thought McDaniels did a really good job of settling him down early and that nice touchdown pass that he had to Darren Waller. It just looked to me like Waller had a little bit more juice. When he caught that ball, runs into the end zone, and just the way that he almost saluted the crowd, and it, it was just – it was one of those – Darren Waller moments that you've seen in the past that you haven't really got to see this year. So I thought I was pretty impressed from what I saw from that opening drive from the Raiders, from the play calling and the execution of it. And they got to do more of that, right? And we'll see. They got a, a game coming up. I'm glad it's a home game uh, this Saturday against the Kansas City Chiefs to close out the season. Uh, very excited about what it could look like. But uh, Raider Nation, I want to hear from you at 702-365-9200. Also, our don'tbebroke.com text line is 69187, keyword R&R, talking about what have you learned from the game on Sunday? What did you see from the team that you really learned? That you know, There's a lot of different things you could take away from that game, but looking for things that you learn. Uh, real quick text from the 986. Uh, Q, you don't go for it on fourth and inches. I get it if it was fourth and two, maybe one. But it was inches. That should have been a quarterback sneak. Awful call by McDaniels. It's an awful call because they didn't get it. If they got it, it would have been fine. Right? I mean, we're splitting hairs here. Right? <laughs> if he had kicked a field goal and they, didn't, they, they made it, then it would have been like, well, how come he didn't go for it on fourth down? So, I don't know. Again, when you have a 1,600-yard rusher, I would take my chance with handing it to Josh Jacobs. I understand where you're coming from. I'm not, not disagreeing with you. I don't, I, two things could be correct. I think that's the best way to put it. A, a, a sneak would have been fine. You're right. But I think handing the ball to your running back would be fine, too. I mean, again, you're, like you said, you're, you're trying to get inches or, or a yard. I think it was really fourth and one, but that's me. 
and he didn't get it. I thought he could have punched it in, to be honest. Thought that that's what it should have been. It should have been a touchdown. Just didn't happen. So I think we're really splitting hairs on there. But, you know, tomato for you, tomato for me, I guess. Right? I mean, that's just kind of what it is. Let's go out to Portland talk to our guy, Rob, in Portland. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, Q. Uh, what I learned, not only from this game, but last week as well against Pittsburgh, if the Raiders had had Cameron Hayward in the middle, Alex Highsmith, Kevin Bush, and T.J. Watt at linebacker, do you think, um, do you th- even and Pickett as their quarterback, or even Stidham, or even uh, the other rookie, Purdy, what, what kind of record would the Raiders have? They had that foursome that were all drafted. And you had Mike Fitzpatrick. What 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 would what kind of team and how many wins would they have this year if they had those five guys on defense? Just tell me. Wow, that's that's a I mean that's a great question. I would say they'd probably be close to double digits. That is the that is the thing that everybody should be learning. Uh, not that the Niners defense showed up yesterday because I thought Stidham did a great job, but I thought um, the rest of the NFC finally is smiling because I think Dallas can take them apart on a given day, and I, and I actually am going to predict that if Dallas and the Niners face one another in Santa Clara, Dallas is going to win that game in the rain. Okay, good stuff, good stuff. Thank you for the call. I'll say this, man. Uh, what the Niners, their defense didn't do a whole lot as the, four, uh, as the Raiders were able to score easily, put up 34 points, but what they did do, they made two plays when they had to make them. Two huge plays, right? And I know that we could always say, hey, well, that, that interception wasn't the quarterback's fault. And you could be right about that. But it still happened. And they still made the play when the play was there to be made. They batted the ball at the line of scrimmage. And you know what happened? It went up in the air, and they went and intercepted it. And they turned it into points. They scored points on that. They made the play. Now, the ball was in the air after Bosa hit, hit uh, Stidham. And what did they do? They made the play. And going back to our texture, I was talking about Amik and, oh, they were just mistakes. A lot of times those mistakes don't turn into turnovers. How many times? I mean, I can go back to last year with Trayvon Merrick. The ball was in his hands. And guess what? It fell harmlessly to the ground. I saw a ball floating in the air, and Nate Hobbs had an opportunity to make a play at the end of regulation. He didn't make the play. That's the thing about it, and that's what I'm talking about with playmakers. And I asked head coach Josh McDaniels, as a matter of fact, earlier. Let's, let's go to that soundbite real quick, Damon. I asked him today about because we really had a heavy emphasis on the defense when we were at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center today. Vinny started things off talking defense, and that was right in my wheelhouse because that's where I wanted to go. And I asked him specifically about that. It's one thing to have guys that do their job. And then there's other guys. There's another thing to have guys that actually make plays. So I asked him straight up, how important is it to have playmakers on defense? I mean, it, it's important, uh, Q. There's no... There's no real shortcut to um, it's you know you can teach certain things you know and um, you can teach um, you know techniques you can teach you can try to create good habits which we, that's what we do every day at practice that's what we're trying to get our guys to understand and learn uh, so that you you actually when you're in the middle of the game you act subconsciously you're not thinking about it let me try to punch the ball out you're just doing it because that's something that you have now learned and it's part of who you are part of your game um, then there's an element I would say of instinct that you know that's something that you know sometimes you can maybe improve it a little bit 
but there are certain players that have a knack for that. You know, Max Crosby, you know, finding the ball, punching it out, or you know, somebody getting hands on the ball in the secondary or linebacker position. You know, there's there's players that we've played against over many years that they just, you know, you're like, how the hell do they end up with the ball so much? You know, Ed Reed and Troy Polamalu, and you know, there's guys like that where you just go like, I don't, you know. I'm not sure who taught them, but they taught them well. You know what I mean? And they might have taught them when they were this high, too. So um, there's an instinctive level of defensive football where you just kind of have a – you can see the ball and the quarterback and your receiver at the same time, and you're feeling the route and all those things. Uh, sometimes, like I said, you can make that better, and, and other times it that's hard to do, you know, because instinct is something that's, you know, kind of you're born with some of it, and, you know, you, you, you're, you're believe me, you're blessed when you have it, you know. So, um, you know, I, and then there's other times where, you know, the ball is just, you know, like we had a couple yesterday where the ball is up in the air, and it's like we're just not close enough to it because we were, you know, doing our job somewhere else, and then it lands harmlessly on the turf. So um, I know – you know, you want as many as you can have. Um, sometimes I think, you know, you can make your own ball disruptions and those kind of things, and, and, and that's kind of obviously what we're going to be trying to improve. It's an area we're going to definitely obviously try to improve. So there you go. I thought that was real important to the conversation that we're having right now. you got to have playmakers, man. And, you know, when, when they, you have opportunities, and it's not specifically just the game on Sunday against San Francisco, but there's been multiple times this year where you see a ball in the air just floating, been tipped. And it's something we talk about with the tip drill and everything. And, and you know, like you heard Josh McDaniel say, you could teach it all you want. You could try to make it muscle memory. But sometimes you either got in, you got it or you don't, right? It's like instincts. You either got it or you don't. And that was the biggest thing that he said was instincts, instincts, instincts. You have to be able to know where your guy is, see what the quarterback's doing, know where the ball is. Just one of, that's what makes players special. Guys like Seawood, you know, and obviously he's a Hall of Famer, but guys like that, they had the instincts, the natural instinct ability to just go and make a play. Not only just do their job, but take that next step and make a play. Let's go out to, let's see, uh, Braden in Vegas. Welcome to the show, my man. What's on your mind? Hey, so I was actually calling because when it went to overtime and I was going crazy like, Please call tails. Please call tails because Daniel called in and his little I call heads. And sure enough, when they called tails, I was screaming. I mean, obviously we lost, but it was it was very like I was dying and I was laughing to her. Like, man, all the people on Raiders Radio would know what I'm laughing about. But yeah, that's pretty much it. I hope you guys have a good one. Thanks again for everything. All right, thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. Uh, let's go back out to the phone line, 702-365-9200. Nat and Henderson, welcome to the show. What's on your mind? What's up, fellas? Happy New Year to you both. Yes, sir. Q, Damon, hope you guys have a blessed New Year, my friends. So, you know, <laughs> I decided that as a fan, you know, I've called in a couple of times. I did a little research on what a moral victory is, right? <laughs> No fun. Yeah, That's what a moral yeah, victory is. No fun. <laughs> I'm sorry. I went down that road. Forgive me. <laughs> so check this out, man. So I remember McDaniels went to the podium, I think it was the last night, said, you know, he's not into, like, moral victory. Mm-hmm. But here's what I'm into as a fan. Moral victory. Okay? And I, and, and I decided because, you know, sometimes I got to define these these terms, I looked it up. I'm on the internet right now. 
It says a defeat can be interpreted as a victory on moral terms, for example, because the defeated party defended their principles. The principles yesterday, from my side of the table, as a season ticket holder, were defended. Now, let's, let, let me just let me chop this up a little bit. There were some mistakes defense-wise, a couple of mistakes on offense. But guess what, man? As a fan, we have to hang our hat on something. We have to look at these, these close wins or, uh, or defeats and, and just say to ourselves, listen, this is what we expected four or five games ago. And I'm not saying if this guy was in the game, Stidham was, you know, five games ago, we would have won two more games. But right. guess what? He may have been in the game and won us two extra games. But, you know, <laughs> he can't go back in history. So, you know, I'm sure as fans, we're all over the place. I'm one of those fans. But when, when I talk about moral victory, my friend, I'm talking about the fact that I'm looking at this game yesterday and I'm saying to myself, well, listen, I got to hang my hat on something. We only have one game left. If this guy comes out next week, which, you know, it's a question. We don't know what's going to happen. But for, for today, yesterday and today, I am hanging my hat on moral victory. Thank you, my friend, for giving me the call. You guys enjoy your year. Thanks. Thank you, my man. Appreciate you. Great breakdown. You're a smarter guy than me, man. You know, I, I like that. I like the breakdown. And, you know, what I take away from that is kind of something that we talked about uh, and I've talked about a little bit is that it, it kind of gave you a little bit of a glimpse, a little bit of a pi- behind the, the the curtains picture of what it could have looked like, right? What it what it could look like when you have a quarterback that understands the system, uh, regardless who it is, right? Uh, again, I'm not I'm not in the business of taking shots at, at at guys that can't defend themselves at this point, so I'm not going to. I saw a lot of that on Twitter, crazy as I'm watching the game from the press box and I'm trying to tweet out what's going on. I have people that are still fighting about who's the quarterback and who's the not. And it's like, who cares? At this point, <laughs> the game is going on. And by the way, if you're not watching it, it's actually a pretty damn good game. It's just, it's, it's unbelievable. You know, it's just like things happen. You know, I, I tell everyone all the time, man, and this is something I learned early in radio business. I had, a, I had a program director that told me this. He said, Q, regardless how good you think you are, and this goes for anybody, if you ain't here today and someone turns on the radio, it's still going to be on the radio. The radio's still going to go. If you go to a movie, the wife and Sarah went to a movie earlier today, and there were people in the movie theater. But if you go to a movie and you buy a ticket to the theater and you walk in and ain't nobody in there, guess what? That damn movie's still going to play when it says it's going to play. Regardless if you're in there or not, if there's a swinging D in the building or not, that movie's still going to play. That's so, I mean, that's something that if you want to be humbled, that's the way to get humbled. Regardless, admit, look, Someone might come here tomorrow and do this show. I may never come back. And it might not be at the same level of me, but guess what? It's still going to be, <laughs> right? And something's greater than me, and that's that symbol, right? So they'll be like, oh, yeah, Q was cool, but whatever. We're talking Raider football. I don't care. That's how it is. That's re- harsh reality. If you think that you're irreplaceable, you're wrong. Every single one of us will either be replaced, have been replaced, and if you haven't, keep on living. <laughs> Because that replacement's coming right down the pipeline. One day DeMond will take over from me or something like that, and it's, it's, that's fine. That's just how it is. That's the harsh reality of it. So, you know, as that great game was going on, very entertaining game, I couldn't tell you how many people texted me. It was like, man, this game is way more entertaining than I thought it was going to be. It was. I wish more Raider Nation had been there to see it.
a lot of red that was in the building. Let's go out to Walnut Creek, man. The Bay Area is representing the day. The Bay is representing. Let's go out to Walnut Creek, man. Raider T, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Happy New Year. I love the show. You too, brother. Hey, hey, I got to say, I agree 100% with the last guy, and it kind of reminded me of your conversation last week with Bonte Hall about the game. And uh, specifically, you guys were talking about how what did Derek Carr mean when he came to the Raiders? Yep. And it was hope, right? The Raiders had hope because they had a guy with legitimate talent for the first time in a while. And I love Derek Carr. I'm a fan of his. But even before this game, I kind of made up my mind, um, even though I wanted him as my quarterback this year, that it wasn't fitting and it was time to move on. So I'm glad that Stidham played good. At the very least, I'm convinced this guy could be a solid backup for us if we bring somebody else in. Yep. But depending on how he plays next week against the Chiefs, this guy might surprise and might have a chance to be the uh, quarterback of the future. Yeah, but very true. Um, the main the main thing was uh, the offense looked totally different. We were much more explosive. We didn't shut down at halftime. And if we had a legitimate defense, top fifteen, top ten, you know, we could actually shake things up in the NFL and make some noise. So. Um, that's what yesterday meant to me is there's hope again that we may have a legitimate offense and if Ziegler straightens out the draft, we might be able to put together a defense and make some noise as early as next year. I like it. Hey, before you go, hold on. Ho- hopefully you're still there. Is Raider T still there? Yeah, I-, I got I'm, one I'm question. Here. That was a really good call, and this is totally has nothing to do with the call. Is there uh, is there Pinky's Pizza still in Wanna Creek? There is. There is. It's real good. <laughs> yes, it is. I love that place, man. Th- thanks, Raider T. I appreciate you. That was a great place, man. I used to love going to Pinky's Pizza. Me and my dad used to go after church all the time right there at Walnut Creek. Uh, that was fantastic, man. One, No joke, the one time my dad, he told me, he's like, hey, you order the pizza today because we used to go every Sunday. We watched football, and, uh, and so we always got a pizza. And he said, all right, you go order it. First time I placed the order myself, and I like – pepperoni and sausage and he wanted mushrooms and olives so as he told me to order that half and half all i heard was order pepperoni sausage mushrooms and olives so i ordered all four and then when it came out he said what is this i said that's the order he goes i thought i told you to do half and half it's like my bad (laughs) my fault but it ended up being a really good pizza and he ended up loving it so it ended up being it ended up being our go-to after that but uh yeah shout out to pinky's pizza man there in walnut creek I'm not mad. That's a great place. Uh, 918 Raider, I'm going to get focused now. What's on your mind? Uh, man, I just wanted to touch on I called last week, and we were talking about uh, the consistency of Stidham um, and just uh, kind of like the, the, I don't know, you just see Carr making these throws that you're just like, what are you thinking? Like Mac uh, Collins at the, in the end zone where we, he gets sacked, we could have kicked a field goal or the Rimpro throw where he overthrows him by five yards. He was like, I, I don't know um, why this dude isn't so dynamic and thinking about these things too much because whenever Stidham came in, it looked like the dude had ran this offense a million times. Uh, the Waller play, he literally came screaming out, created a better angle, and just almost just like faded it just right. Yeah. It couldn't have been a better. It Dropped was it in the bucket. Not, yep. I didn't think about it. It was, yep. and that's what a million dollar quarterback should look like. Like, what do you, whenever somebody says, uh, what did you think when you saw Devontae Adams in the back of the end zone? And then Carr said, don't overthrow him. He's like, what are you, what? It shouldn't even be a thought. You're a, it's like, I don't, like, uh, NBA players airballing free throws. So, like, get them off the field. It's like, what are we doing? Right. Um, uh, and, okay, so 
I just wanted to make like a few other bullet points and then I'll, I'll just get off. But cool. uh, um, I, I haven't read too much about like what's the, the possibilities with Carr from now on. Like, are we going to trade him? Because everything I know it's a small sample size what we saw yesterday, but I mean, I'm I'm very eager to see what we do against Kansas City and what he can do with an entire off season. Uh, I don't know. I think uh, my bet's on that dude. I, I don't think I thought Brady was probably going to come in, but everything that he was making, the decisions and how the team rallied around him and he would make a mistake and immediately apologize and like, dude, calm down. Like, but that's the guy that that's the yeah. attitude that we want rather than, Oh, poor, uh, ho-hum me. Oh, uh, the lineman stepped on my foot and I had to throw it to a guy that was covered by three people. It's like, what? No, like, let's get back. Like you said, why settle? I want, I want to be, I want to be good. I want to be really good. And yesterday against the number one defense, we were really good, and it didn't come out on top. But like, I I don't know, man. It's very exciting. Uh, and then yeah, the touch on that dude that said interceptions just make themselves. Like, we could have won like three or four games if we just caught the interceptions. Yep. So like, that guy has no idea what he's talking about. Uh, yeah, I'll sign <laughs> off on that. Thanks, man. That was a mic drop moment right there. And and look, I mean, you, you know, you're you're right about that. That's why I say you got to have playmakers, man. The, the playmakers are guys that. Uh, instinctively, will have the will have the the wherewithal to go and make a play, right? You got to have those. You got to have those guys. You got to have those guys that'll make that'll make those plays, man. And, and and the Raiders, unfortunately, haven't had enough of those guys throughout the course of the past few years to be able to, to be able to consistently make plays like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I mean, I can go back all day and talk about turnovers and what they are and the fact that just about ninety nine point nine percent of turnovers are mistakes, right? Right? I mean, that's. That's what they are. They, they didn't mean to turn them over, right? They didn't mean to throw an interception. Like, I guarantee you, Jared Stidham will say, hey, man, I didn't mean to throw that last interception. Like you said, he, uh, he talked about and apologized for throwing that interception. So, uh, you know, going back to Raider T's call on Walnut Creek, you know, this could end up being, and I, I don't want to like – I like to see a little bit more before I just go out and make some bold statement. This could end up similar to, like, the Dak Prescott situation. Dak was drafted in the fourth round by the Cowboys as a compensatory pick. That was like their third quarterback that they wanted. They wanted Paxton Lynch. The, the Broncos made the move and went and got him. They wanted Connor Cook. The Raiders made the move and went and got him. They went and got Dak as a compensatory pick. And only because of injuries was he even in the game. He got into the preseason because of injuries. Romo got hurt and Kellen Moore hurt his ankle. He broke his ankle in training camp, and then uh, Tony Romo got hurt during a preseason game. He hurt his back, so Dak was able to get into the game. And all of a sudden he got an opportunity, and it worked out, right? I mean, he ended up being the guy. And I remember there was a lot of people, including myself, that didn't think that he was going to be the guy. I kept saying, oh, he's just a compensatory pick. Oh, he's very Tim Tebow-like. Oh, he's not going to be the guy. And all he kept doing was making plays and making plays and to the point where everyone said, you know what, maybe this is the guy. Now you fast forward all these years later, and he's clearly the guy there when it comes to the Cowboys and their starting quarterback. Now there's people that are arguing about that these days, but, I mean, he's, he's won them and helped them win a lot of games. So you never know. Unfortunately, Jared Stidham only has one more game to show off what he could do. And then there's going to be a lot of what-ifs. Like we had calls, what if he was the quarterback six games ago? Would it have looked different with the overall record? Unfortunately, we can't go back and, and have a redo. You can't press a press the power button and start over. You just can't, right? You know, so that, that's going to be the big question. The, the, the front office, Dave Ziegler and company, are going to have to make a decision. Was that 
Jarrett Stidham, or was that a quarterback that knows the system that we feel like we could play with, right? You know, what's the better decision? Go out and get that veteran that we believe can help this team for the next couple of years while we develop a young guy, or can Jarrett Stidham be that guy? You know, because I'm not going to say that he can't be. I'm not going to say he's going to be, you know, a, a for lifelong backup quarterback. He very well could be, you know, end up being a, a franchise quarterback. I mean, we don't know. Hell, there was a quarterback named Jeff Hostetler that was a quarterback of the Raiders. That was a backup quarterback until he wasn't, right? Did some really good things with the Giants, and then the Raiders brought him in as the a, as a starting quarterback. So you never know. I just don't want to get too far ahead of myself and just be like, that's the guy, no doubt, because he had a really good first performance. Let's pump the brakes a little and let's just see what he does on Saturday, and then we can have some more discussions. And I think that that's healthy discussion and it's fair discussion. 426 at the time. We'll take a quick break. Raider Mac, I see you. We'll go to you, and we'll get some call or get some more text and some locker room sound when we come back. We're in the underground lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino with Raider Nation Radio 920. Now back to Unnecessary Roughness with your boy Q. Q. Inside the Underground Lounge, inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every Monday night for Monday Night Football. The Bills and the Bengals will be on these screens in just a little while. Right now, the Rose Bowl is on. Penn State is on top of Utah, 21-14. to 14. It is the third quarter with 424 left to go in the third quarter. We're taking your calls and texts, 702-365-9200. We got calls, texts, and locker room sound to close out the show as we're here. We got about 30 minutes left in today's show. Uh, got some texts here on the don'tbebroke.com text line, 69187, keyword r from the 707. Nothing better than memories of watching football with Pops. That's real. It doesn't get too much better than that, man. It's a lot of good times and, uh, you know, watching football with my dad, uh, even watching football with my mom really, you know, helped shape who I was and who I grew up to be. But uh, I remember my dad used to take me all kind of places just to make sure that we could watch the game. So, uh, yeah, he's, he's a fun dude, man, real good dude. So uh, those are some really good memories, no doubt about it. Uh, I got a text from East Bay Raider Gray. said, MD can't afford to wait to win. He's losing some fans, and they need to produce a winner next year. Get TB12 as a stopgap and draft that quarterback of the future. Make sure he's a mobile quarterback. Win now and build for the future. That's from East Bay Raider Gray. And I'll say this. And I've said it for a long time. The Raiders have to win here in Vegas. If the Raiders don't win here in Vegas consistently, what you saw on Sunday is what you're going to start seeing a lot more of, and that is opposing fans taking over the stadium. There's no doubt about it. As long as I've been at the stadium, that was the first time I could say that was a complete takeover by the 49er fans. There was red everywhere, everywhere. And I know some people say the Patriot fans did the same thing. Not quite as much. <laughs> not, not quite as, as, as much representation as there were for the 49ers on Sunday. And if you don't win here in Vegas, I don't know if you've noticed, but there's a lot of things to do here. So if consistently this Raiders team can't put a, a winning product on the field, people like Nat and Henderson who have season tickets are going to say, you know what, I can go to this game and enjoy this game, or I can flip these tickets to some fan of the Seahawks that are coming to town or the Chiefs that are coming to town or whoever the case may be. They can't, you're right about that, East Bay Raider Great. They can't afford to not have a winner out there. The same kind of business approach that, that the A's have in baseball, I keep saying it won't work here for that exact reason. Vegas will not accept a team that's not a winner because if they, if they have a team that's not winning, they will do something else, anything else. <laughs> and there's plenty of anything else to do here in town. Uh, from Brad from the Bay Area, man, the Bay's represents today. Uh, what I learned is that McDaniel's insane complex system. It takes someone that's been immersed in it for a few years to run the offense. Stidham was impressive and knowledgeable in it. I feel, too, if Denzel was playing, we'd be talking about a different outcome. 
The biggest disappointment for me besides the W for the, was the fan turnout for the opposing team. Again, this is not something Raider fans are used to and lost a major game advantage and home field advantage from Brad in the Bay Area, and that goes back to what I just said. Absolutely right. Again, if they win, just think if this team was a, like a 10-win team going up against the Niners, how that game would have looked. I guarantee a lot of Raider Nation that did not show up to that game would have been there. I promise you. If they had put out a winner, I mean, there's still going to be representation. Don't get me wrong. But it wouldn't have looked like that. I mean, that looked like and sounded like an absolute 49er home game. There's no doubt. And that was upsetting. That was upsetting. Like, a guy that doesn't get upset, I was in the press box like, damn, that's a shame. <laughs> I mean, it really was. I was just sitting there in the open air press box thinking, that's a shame that it's that loud representing the 49ers. They were very comfortable there at Allegiant Stadium. So that, that has to be avoided. And the way you avoid that, what is the motto? Just win, baby. The Raiders just have to win. Raider Mac, you're up. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. First of all, Happy New Year. Thank you guys for the show last year. I mean, it was a great uh, product that you and DeMond put together, man. It was really good. Hey, um, going on that, uh, first thing I want to say is that I know you mentioned about um, – that on that third down, on that fourth down, we should have went for it. It's too early in the game. Should have kicked the field goal, get the point. You, if it was later on in the game, then and that's just my opinion. I know you said that you don't mind, and I don't mind that that, that Josh Jacobs got the ball. But at the same time, it's early in the game. You don't need to go for that. McDaniel's reached a lot this year on on certain, and then when he, it's when you do it. It's not it's not who you get the ball to or whatever you do. It's when you do it, and he did it way too early, way too early. Second thing, you had a fan call in about um, moral victory. Man, did, have we come to that as Raider fans? Moral victory? Man, moral victory is for losers, man. If you want to lo- keep losing, that's the same thing like you just said, what's going to happen. 49, my, my buddies, they 49er fans, they all went up there. They said it was 80%, 49 You can see it on, on the least. TV. At but least. my yep. thing is, you 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 got to put out a winner. We yeah. haven't won. We, we we win one year, then we go six years without winning. Then go come back and win another year. So I'm with you. If you don't put a winner out, no matter where you at, whether it's Vegas, Oakland, wherever you at, you you people ain't gonna show up in the stands. But they're not gonna take over like they did that. And my my last point is, hey, you got to move up in this draft and get either C.J. Stroud or Bryce Young. You got a chance. And I see that they on the mock draft they got us getting uh, the kid from Kentucky, uh, Will Will, Will Levis. Yeah, Will Levis. Will Levis. Yep. They got us picking. What you think about that? Uh, and I'll go off in there. And you guys, happy New Year's to you and Demont. Great show. We love you guys, man. Without y'all, I don't know what we'd be doing. But thank you again. All right, thank thank you, Raider Mac, for the call. Appreciate you. Happy New Year to you, and happy New Year to all of Raider Nation. And you know, I'm not a big Will Levitz guy. I know he could play. He, I know he had a down year as well. I'm not a big Will Levitz guy. I do like C.J. Stroud. I do like Bryce Young a lot. Uh, I'm a little nervous when it comes to Bryce Young and his size. Um, I don't think he's Tua as far as, you know, fragile like that. But Tua also got banged up a lot in college. So Bryce Young has done a good job. Uh, I like C.J. Stroud. I like Caleb Williams more. I like Caleb Williams more than anybody. But that's not till next year's draft. So, And there's guys that you could probably find later on. You know, I know that there's a lot of folks that are uh, intrigued by Anthony Richardson in Florida. Um, I think he's a bigger project, which is fine. It's just fine to go get a, pro- a, a project if you're going to have him sit beside, signs behind someone that you have confidence in anyway, right? I mean, that's cool. He has a lot of upside with his athleticism. Uh, there's other guys. 
that you can that you can uh, you know attempt to go get. So uh, it's you know we'll get into draft season pretty soon. Matter of fact, on Wednesday uh, we'll be talking to Eric Galco. He's part of the East West Shrine Bowl game. Uh, they're starting to get a lot of players that are committing to the East West Shrine Bowl game. So we're actually going to talk to Eric Galco every single Wednesday at three o'clock leading up to the East-West Shrine Bowl. So that'll be fun. Uh, he's very good and a very good guru when it comes to the draft, and we'll talk a lot of quarterback with him. That'll be Wednesday at 3 o'clock here on Raider Nation Radio 920. 4.37 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, hear from at least Josh Jacobs, maybe Devontae Adams. We'll get some locker room sound in, plus we'll get some more text in. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Make sure you tune in to Upon Further Review with Eddie Pascal every Thursday at 5 p.m. He'll talk to players, he'll talk to coaches, and he'll give you a game plan of how the Silver and Black can come away with a victory for the next upcoming game. And being brought to you by Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola is the official soft drink of the Las Vegas Raiders. Yo, what's up? What's up, Raider Nation? It's your homie Too Short, and you're listening to Raider Nation Radio 920, baby. Too Short. Him and Ice Cube put on a hell of a show at halftime at Allegiant Stadium. That was fun. That really was, to hear the whole stadium, regardless if they are Niners or Raider fans, say, what's my favorite word? <laughs> the wife just yelled it out here at uh, the Underground Lounge inside of the Oyo Hotel and Casino. That was fun. That was fun. I, I enjoy seeing Short Dog and sh- enjoy seeing Ice Cube perform. And, of course, uh, Legion Stadium always has a really good halftime show. We are here at the Underground Lounge inside the Oyo Hotel and Casino. We're here every single Monday night. We want to hear from you, Raider Nation. 702-365-9200-69187. Keyword R&R. Don't be broke.com. Text line. Vegas Pete said, uh, Q, you know how expensive the Raider tics are, tickets are? After two holidays, it's okay. Allegiant was full. That's what counts. Resign Stidham. And I think that that should be a priority as well. Vegas Pete, thank you for the text. I think that's a priority is, is to make sure that they resign Stidham. If for no other reason to give themselves options, right? I don't know how much it would cost. I don't know what you would have to tell him to make sure that he, you know, resigns. But with a two-game sample size, and obviously he'll have two games following uh, Saturday, I think it does make sense to have him uh, with with the team regardless. Uh, got another text from the 925. Seemed like D.A. was choking up a bit in the post-game interview talking about Devontae Adams. And I don't think he was choking up, but I do think that he was, you know – Obviously, he knows everything that happened throughout the course of the week. He knew everything that was being talked about. But I don't know if he was really choked up as more of, like, trying to explain himself without saying something where people would run with it too much, right? I think he was trying to be careful because everyone – you know how everyone is on social media and you say one thing and all of a sudden people take it for another thing. Like, people said after Josh Jacobs, you know, told Vinny what he told him, uh, you know, about being upset – with the lack of results, you know, it's like, oh, he hates the organization. That's not true, right? I mean, so got to be very careful with what he said. But I'll let you take, uh, you know, you make the judgment on it. Here's Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room following the game. I asked you how you were feeling. You said, you know, you've got your health, you found yourself. That's, that's what's important. Is that sort of where your mindset is at, at this point with everything that's going on to just sort of get things, get through things and, and move on? Yeah, I mean, at this point, yeah, we, we put a lot into this year. We put everything that we had into it. And um, I think it showed, you know, the, the, the diligence that we had and the, the perseverance that we had. I mean, we fought through a lot this year, a lot of close games we didn't necessarily get to come out on the right side of. And like I said, you just got to fall back on the positives in life sometimes. And that's how I, that's how I live my life now. And that's, you know, it's, it's helped my game. Um, you know, I can't even begin to explain it. Just, just focusing on that type of stuff, focusing on the stuff that I can control, being as positive as possible in, in these situations where obviously it's not a, the most positive, uh, you know, for, as, as it pertains to our team. So 
I mean, I just try to stay focused on that. And, you know, I got two girls I'm going to go home to and, and my wife and the rest of my family, and they don't care about any of that stuff. So, um, you know, you, you got to focus and, and definitely set your mind on, on the right thing when you come into this building and when you when you go out there on that field. But, you know, once once the uh, the clock says zero and you're back to, to regular life and it's going to it's gonna sting a little bit, but you got to focus on the positives and um, find a way to still enjoy it. Even though, you know, it's discouraging it happened in a loss, you uh, broke Tim Brown's 25-year record for the most yards in a season in franchise history. Uh, what does that mean to you to have that record for this team? It means, it means a lot. Obviously, you know, Tim and I, we speak often, and, you know, it, it means a lot. And he says a lot of good things, a lot of powerful things that, that help me with my game and, and help me with my mindset and everything. So it, it means a lot. Obviously, we know the type of player that he is and, or, or that he was and, you know, the, the mark he left on his game. So... You know, to be able to come in here my first year into my dream organization, dream situation, and, and to be able to have success and, you know, have an individual thing like that, which obviously so many different pieces that contribute to me being able to go out there and have a good game like that or a good season. So, um, you know, it, it would definitely feel a lot better if we came out on the right side of this game at the very least. Um, you know, that way you can enjoy it a little bit more, but still means a lot nonetheless. What did you see out of Jared today? Um... Jared, Jared, I think he shocked a lot of people. He didn't shock me because I know, I see, you know, anytime you have a, a young guy like that with, you know, not much uh, not much experience, you never really know exactly how it's going to go. But I, I know the way he prepares. He prepared every single game, like I told you all last or this past week. He prepared every single week like he was getting ready to play. And it showed. He'd go out there and, you know, took control of the huddle, took control of the game, and, um, you know, played an amazing game today. So, we, uh, you know, he apologized when we brought the team up for not being able to finish it out. And I think every single person on the team said, man, like, you know, like, get out of here with that. You, you balled out and you did your thing. We got to find a way to help him and, and, you know, protect a little longer, catch a few more balls and, you know, get a couple more first downs, a few points. And, you know, it could have been a, a dream situation for him, too. But either way, we all went out here and we had a lot of fun today. It was it was one of those type of games where we rallied with each other and had a had a, a, a good good battle with uh, with a really good football team today. Proud of Jerry. You mentioned having fun, and a few weeks ago you said that you weren't having too much fun. How, how, how has it changed over the past few weeks? Well, I think our mentality kind of changed. You know, we, we it's tough when you have a you know a period where you're not really getting much done. You know, especially on the offensive side, you're not you're not coming out with the victories and all that, and it's it's tough to get kind of drowned in that and, and the negativity but like I said the the kind of positive outlook we've all had as of late has has helped with that so everybody's got their mind in the right place and now we just focus on finishing strong. Josh had mentioned that he's just going to try to enjoy this next week because he's not sure who's going to be in this locker room you know uh, after next week. Yeah. How do you kind of balance that I guess? Well I mean that's, that's the right look. I mean we got one game left and we just got to come and focus on it. I mean regardless of how many people are back in here? It's not going to be the exact same locker room. So at the end of the day, this is our last opportunity to go out there with one another. Even if one person changes, you know, it's, it's a different locker room. So I think that's 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 the right way to look at it. Just enjoy the last one and you know embrace this week. Uh, you know, going to battle. Um, you know, this next game and and, and just pre preparing with our boys and just enjoying the time in the facility too. The, uh, the catch that you broke the record on the diving one down the sideline. I know there was a second that there was a review. Was there any question that you caught it? Did you know right away? Well, they, they, they see different things than other people sometimes, so you never really know exactly what they're going to see. But, I mean, I knew it. Once I saw it on the screen, the ball didn't move, so there was really no question about it. So it was a good, good play, great great ball, and, you know, I'm, I'm happy you gave me a, a chance at it. 
Also on that uh, second touchdown grab that you had where Jared extended the play, kind of what did you see on that? I know it's kind of funky with the flag, but kind of go through that. Yeah, it was a weird one getting an end zone. I had no idea what was going on back there. Sideline was kind of quiet. I was like, oh, this looked like this one coming back. But, um, yeah, had a had a return route. I'm coming out, and I just see Jared just kind of sticking with me, sticking with me, sticking with me. And then I just I found a avoiding defense and um, found a way to get behind him. And then he, he stuck in there through it, and he came and greeted me on the sideline with, with blood between his teeth. So, that's that's what you want out of your quarterback, and, and I'm really proud of him. He's he's a tough guy, man. He's he's not the biggest dude, and uh, he sticks in there. He's gonna he's gonna look for his guys, and he's gonna find a way to get it done. So, really proud of him for the way he played. How important is that for the quarterback to be able to you know run around but keep his eyes down the field as well when you're making that scramble drill like that? Very important because the the second he gives up on it, you know, um, you know he might still get hit anyway, and then we we miss out our opportunity as a touchdown. So it's big. The Raiders and Niners they got a historic rivalry. You know how it is. What was it like to play the first one? It was cool. I mean, it's honestly, it's felt the same playing Packers versus Niners. Uh, honestly, it's been a little nastier on the field than, than what it was today. I don't know if it was just the way, you know, we kind of controlled it for a while and it, you know, took them out of their element. But um, I've had those type of games basically my whole career. I've played them a lot more than what the Raiders uh, usually do. So, um, but yeah, it was, it was a little bit of a familiar feeling. There's Devontae Adams in the Raiders locker room following the game right there. And, I mean, I, I guess if you want to say, you know, he was – Maybe a little showed a little emotions when he was talking about Stidham. I guess you could, but I, I didn't. I didn't. As a guy who was standing right next to him, I, it didn't look like he was very emotional in the locker room. He wasn't Colton Miller emotional, right? We heard from Colton Miller earlier in the show. He was emotional as he was such a major part of that of that last play that happened with that Stidham interception after Nick Bosa hit him. But uh, you know, I, I think to have that big performance for Devontae was 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 obviously big. Uh, but I just. You know, just to see that kind of connection and see have that opportunity. And, you know, another thing is when he was talking about they had fun out there, uh, following the Colts' loss, he, he was the one who said in the locker room, we're not having fun. So they lost again. They lost to the 49ers. It was a close loss. It was overtime. But at least he's having fun. So at least he's saying that all the players were on the same page. They were all together. And now it becomes, you know, one week, one game. Josh Jacobs said it. I know we didn't get to Josh Jacobs. We, we were trying to, but we just ran out of time. We had too many really good calls, so we'll get to Josh Jacobs on tomorrow's show. But, you know, he, he specifically said, like, hey, I got, one, I got one game left with these guys in the locker room, and that's what I'm trying to, I'm trying to focus in on is this one game. Who knows what happens in the offseason, who's coming back, who's not coming back, and that includes Josh Jacobs. Now, I believe 100% that he'll be back, but you never know. You know, I mean – Worst case scenario, the Raiders try to hit him with the franchise tag, and he doesn't want to sign it. You know, I, I think that the Raiders, no doubt about it, want to bring him back. Uh, I think there's no doubt, right? And, of course, everyone's going to say, well, they should have picked up his fifth-year option. Yeah, I mean, they should have. But who knew that he was going to go for 1,600-plus yards, <laughs> right? I, I didn't, and I'm a Josh Jacobs guy. So, we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see how it all shakes out, but they got one more game left. Uh, they put on a hell of a performance there on Sunday uh, at Allegiant Stadium going up against that number one defense. And, you know, Jared Stidham giving, I think, giving the fan base something to cheer for, something to pay attention to and look and say, hey, maybe this guy can be the guy. And I would have no problem. Again, if they had a stronger defense and, a, you know, and an improved offensive line, I would have no problem just rolling the dice and saying, you know what, just go with Jared Stidham and see what, what happens. I just think with the question marks on defense, I don't think you can repair the defense to the point where it needs to be in one offseason. I think it's going to take multiple offseasons. So that's why you might need to have a veteran that's been there, done that, i.e. 
Tom Brady, i.e. Jimmy G. I just don't trust Jimmy G in his health. You know. Got a text from the 925. Florio says Raiders won't be able to trade Carr. They'll, they'll have to release him. Uh, we've had that discussion a couple times. We had Joel Corey on from CBS Sports on Friday. And if they want to, they can get it done. That, that, that's, that's the small short end of the answer. Uh, if you want to go back, you can check out uh, our website, lvsportsnetwork.com. He was on at 3 o'clock on Friday on Unnecessary Roughness. So you want to check out the podcast, you can listen to that. I don't, I don't want to rehash that same conversation. But if they, can, they, they want to get it done, they can get it done. I guess that's the easiest way to put it. Um, 1,600-plus on below-average offensive line. Uh, okay. <laughs> All right, cool. Uh, let's see. What other text we got here? I guess – oh, here's one from Sir Whiskey Ray. I've got to make sure I get this one in. Sent this in a while back. Happy New Year's, gentlemen, Q&D. Make no secret, I absolutely hate losing to the Niners yesterday. However, I'm not feeling too bad due to the effort displayed by Stidham and his poise. I like what I see. What I also saw from this team is that the Raiders didn't give up even though the odds were against us. I appreciate that as a diehard Raider fan, I will say this, and I've said this many times, we need to go in a different direction for our defense. I want an elite defense starting up front with the front four and ball-hawking linebackers. When we get that elite defense, we'll be considered a Super Bowl contender. I want playmakers, gentlemen. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. So thank you so much for that. Appreciate all the texts. Appreciate all the calls, all the great guests that we have from Ed Graney to Mark McMillan, also Jeff Howe from The Athletic. Fantastic stuff. And, uh, and thank you, Raiders. Thank you to the Silver and Black. I thought they did a hell of a job on Sunday. A very entertaining game. Shout out to Jared Stidham. We'll see what he does on Saturday. Kickoff is at 1.30, week 18, season finale. Shout out to you, Raider Nation, that's here at OYO. The Raider Nation that's here at the OYO. That's what I'm talking about. Raider Nation never disappoints, and they didn't disappoint today. Much appreciative being here at the Underground Lounge. DeMond, great job back at the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Monday Night Football will be on the screen in a matter of minutes. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Have a good night.